Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 Appreciate the heck out of your show. I've been listening for a long time. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Good afternoon. It's 3.03. Tate is here producing. We're very glad to have you with us. Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing three more organizations saying you're breaking Texas law by not allowing off-duty law enforcement officers to bring their firearm into your business. One of the lawsuits is against the State Fair of Texas. (laughs) The second one is against the Texas Trust Theater in Grand Prairie. And the third is against the factory in Deep Ellum in Dallas. And multiple law enforcement officers have told the state attorney general we were not allowed to go into these places with our firearms. Does he have to sue everybody? He seems like he's suing every Tom, Dick, and Harry. He's suing the State Fair of Texas. There's songs about the State Fair. He's showboating. He's a showboater, Ken Paxton. He's he's showboating. But by the same token, if in fact these groups are not letting these these officers in, it's wrong. But does he have to take it to that link to have these lawsuits against everybody yes. and their dog? When he has already tried to reach out mm. to them, sent letters to them stating mm. that they are breaking the law, to which he received letters back saying, sorry, we will fix that. We won't do this again. Mm-hmm. And then they do it again. You bet you got to take it to the next level. No, I don't know if you have to do that. I'm not a litigious person. But I know he's a showboat. You're not a Paxton person. I know. I know I'm not a Paxton person, but I'm not for uh, crazy lawsuits. And I think this is crazy lawsuits. They are obviously, blatantly, not following the law. Well, they should write him that second letter. Or they should have the media crews out there. But to lawsuits, that's our taxpayer money. That's our taxpayer money. Is that is... I'm sorry, Mel. I I, I know where you're coming from. and, And... can't, it, the, the attorney general's right. They need to rectify the situation, but I just don't like it when he's everybody who, I'll sue you, I'm suing, I'm suing, I'm suing. Can't we all act like circus people sometimes? Can't we Can't we do that? And you're right, if they, if they don't listen to him, I guess that's what you have to do, but he's just trying to save his political life. Last Friday well, when... Hold, hold on. How does this save his political life? Because the people... Uh, who who are out there, who are the Trump people, who will be going, yeah, 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 he's getting them, he's getting them, that a way to go, kind of like Trump does. Yeah, what does this have to do with yeah. Trump at all? It has Everything nothing to do Paxton with it. Everything that Paxton does a- does with Trump. Everything that Paxton does, it's in concert with Trump. So, this is a state law. These people are blatantly ignoring it, even going as far to list on their website, we will not follow this law, and you think this has Something to do with Trump? Yeah. He's the attorney general of the state of Texas. Right. That means he is the top lawyer for the state of Law Texas. Law enforcement officer. Which means yeah. he has to 
Make sure that the laws are enforced. He's a showboat. He's a showboat. Oh, goodness gracious. So you want an attorney general out there that says, oh, it's a state law. I don't care. You don't have to follow that. I want an attorney general who's not under indictment. I want an attorney general who may not end up in jail in a few months. And that's Ken Paxton. This is a law that was approved by state lawmakers in 2017 and signed by the governor. And that's the law that Paxton is citing. It says uh, no venue can deny entrance to an off-duty law enforcement officer uh, on the basis that they're carrying a weapon. They have to allow them in mm-hmm. under the state law. And last Friday when Melinda was off, Kenny and I talked about the first lawsuit of this kind. Paxton is suing a bar in San Antonio. Uh, on two different occasions, they denied off-duty law enforcement officers to enter with their firearms at that bar in San Antonio. Well, I was with you, too, when you talked about it, and it's it's legitimate. I'm just anti-lawsuit, but those people did not listen several times. They did not listen several times. It would seem like that would warrant a lawsuit if they were blatant several, several times. But the State Fair of Texas, are you kidding doesn't me? It doesn't matter who you are. You don't of get a pass. Of course it does. It's the State Fair of Texas. So you get a pass on following the laws? No. But you don't have to go sue them. You don't have to go sue the State Fair of Texas. As a customer of a venue, I would be very much approving law enforcement being in there, Absolutely. whether they're on duty or off duty. I, th- I think that would make the patrons feel more comfortable. It's another added layer of security you don't even know that's there. I agree with all what both of you just said. I just don't like Ken Paxton and all the lawsuits. All right. You just don't like Ken Paxton. <laughs> if it were some other attorney general... If it was you, I'd say, go, Melinda, go. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I, no, I wouldn't say that. you got to follow the law, but good Lord. Good Lord. Is he, I guess he's going town by town, city by city. It does seem like it's suing season, yes. It's suing season. <laughs> At this theater in Grand Prairie... Uh, it says there were two off-duty officers who were prevented from going in. At the place called the Factory in Deep Ellum, I'm assuming that's, that's a bar. That's the bar, I think. Yeah. Uh, eight different officers were denied entry. They were off-duty. They were armed. In all of these cases, the officers uh, show their credentials. Uh, one in San Antonio, Ed, we talked about last Friday, even pulled out the Texas Penal mm-hmm. Code and said, let me read this to you word for word. Mm-hmm. You cannot keep me from coming yeah. in here with my firearm. And they still wouldn't let him in. And that's the part I don't understand. To me, those are just businesses, or maybe I can't even put it on the businesses. Maybe it is whoever they place at the door to do the checking that has a problem with either guns or with law enforcement, and that's the reason why they're not allowing them in. There needs to be some type of, apparently some type of educational program. People maybe are not aware of this law. Well, when it shows to you and you still say no, that's... I mean, before that, maybe we should have a little public awareness of this, and the Liquor Control Board or the the tobacco, or the, the liquor guys could make sure that when they go inspect, say, listen... Even though I may be off duty by law, and just give them a little public awareness of this. This is Everett at three ten with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Everett, good afternoon. How are you, Mark? I'm just fantastic. You and Melinda are my heroes. Wow! <laughs> Thank you, Everett. <laughs> but I wanted to say one thing about Ed. Bless his heart. Thank you, Everett. Bless my heart. I appreciate that. 
he suffers from TDS. It's a disease going around with liberals. It's called. I know I'm a bomb throwing liberal. That Trump <laughs> derangement syndrome. You know I'm a bomb throwing liberal, Everett. Woo! You, you are rude to interrupt. Trump Ooh. derangement syndrome is a proper yeah, name for yeah. it. I just thought I'd let well, him thank know. You, I'm sorry for thank you, Everett. Thank you, Everett. I appreciate your call. Thank you for listening to our radio station, sir. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Here are the numbers 512 836 0590. Mark Melinda and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. State Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing three more venues saying they broke Texas law by denying off-duty law enforcement officers from bringing their firearms into the venues. The new lawsuits are against the State Fair of Texas, a theater in Grand Prairie, and the factory in Deep Ellum in Dallas. And this is Philip on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Philip. Welcome. Good afternoon. Yes, welcome. What are your thoughts on all of this, Philip? I, I just want to let people know that this problem with not letting law enforcement in bars and venues is a bigger problem than, than probably Texans know about. Um, my brother works for HPD. And him and his friends went into uh, some venue out in the Houston area, and the owner didn't want to let them in because they were having because they carried pocket knives with them. Mm. And when they pulled out their credentials, the owner still didn't really back down until a Harris County sheriff basically in, enforced the law. Philip, how did they know they had pocket knives? They, they were asked when coming through the door to if they had knives or guns or anything like that, that they needed to go. And one of the people in their party said, hey, I have a pocket knife and, and I work for HPD and I'm going to carry my pocket knife on me. And this was in a bar, Philip? I'm not sure if it was a bar. It was like, an, it was like, a, it was like a bar venue, but mm-hmm. it was an outdoor setting. Okay. So, okay. I'm not too sure about the actual... I've never been to the place. I could see... Let me just throw this out, Mel and Mark and Philip. I could see a person who's at the door or a manager not letting people come in because they've got sidearms are, carrying their guns, and they're going to a bar and they start drinking. Is there any law on that? For if the law is you can carry your your piece if you're off duty, but what happens if said person with the the gun starts drinking? That is yeah, on I, their own responsibility. They should not be. They can ask them to leave, um, mm-hmm. but you cannot prevent. You can't stop them at the door. Just going to assume that that's exactly what they're going right, to do. Right. Okay. I was just wondering because I think. As a bar owner, I would be concerned if you've got three and, or four uh, off-duty cops and they're sitting down and they start drinking. We had that famous case, Mark, here on the, the poker run out on towards Lake Travis where the cops were got on the motorcycle and killed each other. Killed, they, they died as they went to this place. I'm just throwing that out. I, I, I thought you might know, Philip. No, that's, uh, that's, that's all I know. And I did want to... Um, Throw a little shout out. I like all three of you guys. Um, 
and uh, uh, acting the showboating. He's in enough heat as it is mm. with whatever's going on, but I do feel that conservatives are being targeted for the judicial system right now. Uh, Acton being one of the latest ones. And so uh, I understand your comment, Ed, about wasting taxpayer dollars and stuff like that, but how many taxpayer dollars have been wasted on suing President Trump since 2016? A lot. A lot. Philip, thank you, sir. You have a good weekend. 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation this is Paul on KLBJ. It's 317. Hey, Paul, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Great, sir. Welcome aboard, Paul. I'm going to backtrack a little bit in time here on, on your conversations because uh, I'm new to uh, the Cedar Park, Austin area. Welcome. Uh, but Thank you. Uh, we have uh, actually lived in Maine for over 20 years. And uh, just you, you had made a, uh, there was a statement made about uh, what's being done up there as far as uh, building places for illegal immigrants and so forth. Paul, let me, let me make sure all of the audience is up to speed because that came up last hour. Yeah. Real quickly, yeah. uh, in Brunswick, Maine, they are uh, spending $13 million to build an apartment complex for illegal aliens who will live there rent-free for up to two years. And then if they do able to if they're able to get a job they will not pay more than five hundred dollars a month or six hundred fifty dollars a month for a two-bedroom unit uh u.s citizens will pay three times as much in rent so go ahead what are your thoughts on that paul well being from up in that area and we weren't too far from the brunswick area uh but it goes back to another statement that one of you made and i'm not i'm not sure which did but uh the point being that they don't go back and they didn't ask the taxpayers specifically about this particular proposal. Uh, they decided and it moved on from there. So it's another one of those things where people talk about taxpayers' dollars and the only day of the year that you truly are able to do anything about that is is uh, voting day. Mm -hmm. And yep. I, I, I mean, I voted all my life and I know a lot of people... Uh, have that age-old statement about my vote doesn't count. Well, uh, my thought has always been, I'm sorry, if you don't vote, don't complain. Um, so uh, that, that was just one thing there. Uh, the second topic that you've just been talking about as far as the, uh, the police officers and someone at the door not knowing the law and so forth, I think over, I'm just going to in general say 10 years, it seems like a lot of people higher up, um, even from the president down, they've made decisions about not enforcing certain laws. So it seems to me that it waters down to various other people deciding that they're not going to enforce other laws. And I think it's a terrible trend because no one's being held accountable um, for the laws that are on the books that they don't um, want to defend. All right, uh, Paul, thank you. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Kind of what Paxton's trying to do, hold them accountable for not following the law. I think I would rather have him do more. More, It's important, but not vital. And I came in my mind was the uh, the officer and the police chief in Athens, Georgia, 
not working with ICE to deport that Venezuelan man who killed that student. Uh, let's go to Sam in East Austin at 320. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Sam, good afternoon. Yeah, how you doing? Um, the, the Texas law states that if you sell 51% alcohol, which would be in a, a, a bar or nightclub, you cannot carry a firearm in there. That's a TABC uh, ruse, ruse. Now, an officer, if he's working there, uh, of course, he can take uh, as a security or something. They can have it there. But if you're there just to go into a bar and they sell 51% alcohol, you cannot have a firearm in there based on the fact that people can get intoxicated and lose control and kill somebody. I, I think somebody. you can under the state law. You can if you're off. If, yeah, that's for that's, those yeah. that have concealed carry right. license. You have to, you, you're not allowed to carry for that. I don't think that that extends to law enforcement on or off duty. Yes, it, it, if they're, if they're, if they're <laughs> uh, off duty and they're going in there and they're drinking, it extends to them also. All right, Sam, thank you. Paxton says no. The, no, the legislature law law. Yeah. created a special carve-out for law enforcement. Sure, and I, yeah, but I do have questions about that carve-out because if if some officers go in there and they're off-duty and they're carrying the piece and they start drinking, I don't like that. The San Antonio woman who swindled U.S. taxpayers out of $108 million in her job helping U.S. Army has decided to plead guilty, according to a new report today. No details on the plea bargain agreement have emerged. The sentencing date is going to be sometime in the spring, but this is the story that we told you about several months ago. 57-year-old woman working for the U.S. Army in a program designed to help out the children of active duty U.S. military. And she scammed the taxpayers out of $108 million over seven years. Where was her supervisor? Who oversaw her organization? Who was her boss? Whomever it was, I contend, was asleep at the switch. Because if Melinda Brandt leaves next week and then I find out she's just bought her house in Nantucket and the next week she's out in San Diego with her new house and then she's bought a beach place at Cinnamon Shores in Port Aransas. I think I would say, Mel, did you hit the lottery? Did she get a new boyfriend? Did she get a new boyfriend? <laughs> it's just common sense, I think. Either that, Mark and Mel, or she was so deceivious and so crafty in hiding all this. There was definitely a lack of oversight here. She could face a maximum of 125 years in prison. I am very interested to see what this plea agreement is. Yeah, I hope it should, because to me, it's worse than just stealing the money. Mm. It is the fact that you said you were setting this up to help children of our the, the military families. And you used it on yourself. That's so disgraceful to me. I hope there is included prison time and not just, okay, we will freeze your accounts and take back whatever we can recoup and call it a day. The way this was supposed to work, nonprofit organizations that work with the children of the U.S. military would file applications for money, and then some would get money. The Army admitted that they gave complete 
and exclusive control over this entire process to this one woman. She reviewed the application. She picked the winners. She sent out the money. Mm. To herself. To herself. To herself. To her fictitious nonprofit businesses to the tune of $108 million. She was doing it all without any oversight at any point in the process, according to the Army. My point. The IRS caught her. They started getting suspicious when she bought a $30 million mansion in Maryland, and the IRS noticed that she made about $100,000 a year working for the Army. And they started digging, and that led to this prosecution. Uh, Who who was asleep in this? A a lot of people. Who was asleep? Where were supervisors? And I'm afraid to, to just even hear the words plea agreement these days, I'm like, okay, that means they're getting nothing. I'm afraid you're right, Melinda, but she should go to prison for a long, long time. She bought 31 homes. Good Lord. 70 vehicles, numerous luxury trips, $108 million to buy all of this stuff. And nobody did any type of checks on this. How's the found? Can we see the books? We're going to give you $100,000. Let us see what you're doing with that money. Do you have pictures? We'd go. We'd like to go out and and see some of these people, and th- that could have been stopped in a matter of months. Would you give her prison time, Ed? Is the Pope a Catholic, Mark? Yes. What would Not be a sure. what's a range? What are you thinking? Forty-five years in prison. I was say, how old is she? She's fifty-seven. 57. Yes. I would go ahead and give her fifty-plus years. Okay, so we're talking life. <laughs> yes. Really. Yeah. All right. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Join the conversation with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. It is 3.30. We go to in Cedar Park. He has some comments on the woman who has decided to plead guilty. She got caught stealing $108 million from U.S. taxpayers over seven years in her job with the U.S. Army. Bob, good afternoon. How are you doing? Oh, doing well. I'm... Um thinking about how this is probably just such the tip of the iceberg and it was total happenstance that anyone caught wind of this and there's probably for every person they find doing this there's probably a 500 out there doing something similar not getting caught which is pretty pretty sad to think about yeah sad yeah i can't I imagine just, i kind of wish Go ahead, i was Bob. gonna say i wish i wish we had a way to just let the private sector go find this fraud and abuse and get a finder's fee, you know, Hey, you make, you get uh, rewarded 1% of every dollar you return in fraud, waste and abuse. That would be an interesting little industry to work in. Bob, I wondered too, where were her coworkers? Where were her friends? Didn't she have, didn't anybody in her realm of, of friends would say, this is not right. You're stealing. This is our taxpayer money. Or at the very least, how the heck can you afford 31 houses? Exactly. How, where where were those people? Where were her family members? Didn't she have the honest people in her family say, wait, 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 wait. You know, this is not like stealing a candy bar from the break room or taking something. This is millions upon millions of dollars. She was probably taking them on vacation with her. <laughs> she yeah. may have. May have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Bob, you, you make an excellent point. The federal budget is so large now. There mm-hmm. are there are just numerous opportunities for this thing to occur like this. 
Yeah, and I I do wonder though. I mean, I've never seen a, a politician like really get serious about finding it all and eliminating it because it starts with the mindset that this is real money. More people realize this isn't. You know, they don't just print it out of thin air. They basically they do print it out of thin air, but it comes out of your purchasing power at the end of the day. You know, and if everyone would really recognize that and believe that change our attitude towards money and being wasteful in this country. Yeah, it, it boomerangs back on us in the form of inflation, Absolutely. which is ravaging the economy right now. Yeah. Bob, thank have you. Have a great weekend, and thank you. you yeah, too. you have a good one. 512-836-0590. Uh, she bought multi-million dollar houses all over the country yeah. in Texas, Maryland, Colorado, Washington, New Mexico, on and on and on over seven years. It's just, it's mind-boggling. Again, someone she worked with in her office. Where are you going? Nantucket. Got a house there. Pretty car you got outside. How can your daughter afford to go to where? Nobody stepped up. Yeah, she bought numerous Maseratis, Ferraris, <laughs> Aston Martins, Mercedes, Teslas, Harleys, Land Rovers, on and on and on. 512-836-0590. A mother in Arizona is now standing charged with trying to run over and kill some kids that she says were bullying her kids at school and in a park. She's 30 years old and a mother of four in Arizona. Everything this mom did, I am trying to figure out what the heck was she's thinking. I know she's upset frustrated that her kids were being bullied and that... She claims she had told the school, she had even told law enforcement, and nothing was being done about it. I'm sure if if all of that is true, she was at her wit's end. But to take your vehicle with your four children inside and start moving forward towards the kids, ending up running over one child's ankle, and all of that after confronting them on the playground, pulling hair, having a stick, it... She, I, I hate it if, if all of this is true and this is what drove her to do this, but she needs to face charges. That is not a reasonable response in any manner. Not in any way, shape, or form. It's not, you know, four kids, four kids, and she's 30 years old. That kind of, she's a mama bear. She's got a lot of kids to tend to. And yeah, mothers are going to do anything to protect their children. And I think she just flat out lost it. Yeah, but she's got to face the consequences. But Shame on that school for not doing a thing. If that that in true, if that in fact is true, they didn't do a thing. Uh, there were an estimated fifteen children standing in the playground when she went toward them with her vehicles, and they police say she ran over a girl's ankle. Mm. It could have been far worse with all those kids packed around like that. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Is this somebody? If she's convicted, you'd put in prison, Ed, for no. something like this? No, I wouldn't put her in prison. Uh, I'd maybe put her in prison for six months, not a long period of time. I think she was just a very emotional mother who made a terrible, terrible decision. She's going to have to, she's going to have to pay for all the medical bills of that child. And, uh, yeah, she's going to maybe six months behind prison. I, I need to know more about her. Uh, is she prone to these kind of outbursts? Uh, is it true that she has been advocating for her children and getting nowhere? I, I need mm-hmm. to know more about her and her history uh, and behaviors before I can determine whether or not she needs to be in jail. 
The mother told detectives not only was there bullying at school, the bullying continued at the neighborhood park, and she witnessed the group throwing things at three of her kids. One of them punched her 10-year-old. She says the group called her a fat blank when she confronted them. Video captures her grabbing a 14-year-old by the hair and chasing after him with a sharp stick. And uh, some of them followed her back to her vehicle where her kids were, and they started attacking her and calling her all kinds of names when she got back to the car. Yeah, they, they they were not good kids in this, but she crossed the line. Well, and I think it also does show uh, you've got a group. I know they said one was a 14-year-old. I don't know the ages of all 15 of them, but it goes to show that there is no respect for adults. I'm sitting here trying to imagine the situation playing out on the playground. She watches them bully her kid, and she comes up to say something. Back in my day, as soon as they, everybody would have scrambled. Mm-hmm. They would have gotten out of there. Maybe you stood and you said, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. That was, I was wrong. And then the mom collects her children and leaves. That didn't happen in this scenario. They right. start calling her names. It just goes to show that there is such a lack of respect going on mm-hmm. in, in this nation at whole, right. but especially coming from the teenagers, the young children. 512-836-0590. William has some comments on Attorney General Paxton suing three more businesses for uh, blocking off-duty officers from bringing their weapon into those businesses. Hello, William. Welcome. How are you this afternoon? I am doing fantastic. I've been lurking on the channel for a long time now, but this one kind of really set me off because... I've been an LTC instructor for many years. I do weapons and tactics for the state, and I hear a lot of callers not exactly having the right information. The 51% rule is if all of the money that you take in in a certain period of time, if 51% or more is derived strictly because of alcohol, they will have a 51% sign on the door that automatically bars you from carrying a weapon Law enforcement is not included in that. Mm-hmm. That's what LTC is. is uh, anybody that, well, now we have the constitutional carry. It even bars you from that. And I teach all of my students, here's a couple of signs that you better know like it. Your life depended upon it because it does. Absolutely, because if you get caught carrying when yep. there's a sign posted, you're in trouble. Yep. Now, the little gunbuster sign doesn't do anything in the state of Texas. But you go across to Louisiana, and it does. So you basically have to know all the signage in, in every state that you either go through or that you are in at that time. But, no, law enforcement is, has been exempt from that for ever in a day. So I'd like to know how this is you know, going to kind of play out. And I honestly, I think the businesses are going to lose. Um, but I do understand the flip side of that. Do you, are you going to have an officer drink and then get stupid with a gun? It's been done. So, but are you, you can't go against the grain just because somebody got stupid. So they, 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 I think they're going to lose on this one and they're going to end up just backing down. And maybe this is enough of a shock into the system for officers, everybody in law enforcement to be like, Hey, if we go in there, we just, we can't get dumb. And, and maybe that ends up solving the problem, but it's not like it happens every single day. 
Thank you, William. Have a good one and a nice weekend. 512-836-0590. I was going to say, I, family of police officers, law enforcement, been around many of them, and they have always been extremely responsible. They take their weapon with them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them go. I've been with them when we go to sporting events and they go through their own security line, show their credentials, uh, let them know that they're carrying. Not a problem. I've never seen any officer that I have ever been out with when they're off duty yeah. act irresponsibly. That's, that's it's what... Not to say that doesn't ever happen. It's just, I, it's got to be rare yeah. when it does. I know a couple of guys that go to my church, and I know they carry, and I feel good about it. I'm good. I'm glad that some, that, that they can legally do that. And I think you brought up this point, and I, I would feel better going into a movie theater. I would feel better going to some place that I know someone there in case some madman starts shooting. That there's a possibility there's extra security that you don't know yeah, about. That's right, right. Michael in B Cave has some comments on the woman who ripped off the taxpayers to the tune of $108 million in her position with the U.S. Army. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. I had just had a follow-up comment to what one of your callers said about there should be some type of private remedy for, to allow private citizens to report this kind of fraud, and there is. There's a federal statute that I'll just call the whistleblower statute, and it allows you to report this type of fraud, and you file the pleading under seal, the Justice Department gets to look at it. If they take the case, you get a certain percentage of any recovery. If they don't take the case, then you can pursue it as a private individual, and you'll get a larger percentage of the recovery. So we do have that process in place, and the state of Texas has a similar provision to allow private citizens to report this type of fraud uh, to the government and, and try to put an end to it. Michael, do you have any idea, sir, how often people use that option? The federal statute is used quite a bit. It's called a key TAM action, and it's used quite a bit. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I don't know that's... about the state. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about the state action, but the federal action is used quite a bit. That's how a lot of the defense contractors uh, get caught with a lot of their uh, fraudulent billing practices. Mm. And that was going to be my follow-up question is, is, how thorough are they with the investigation once they get that, that tip? They can be pretty thorough because <laughs> they've got the subpoena power and they've got the resources. So if it's, if it's something that's uh, a big number, they, they can be very vicious in their pursuit of those uh, fraudulent practices. Do you think the woman in this case we're discussing will get significant time in prison? She should, and I don't know how they found out about this, but this very well could have been reported under the Federal Whistleblower Act. That might be how they found out about this. No, the IRS said, said, how is this woman on a $100,000 salary have (laughs) 31 homes and 70 vehicles? Okay, but one of her friends who she was talking about going to her house in another state or whatever, that kind of person could have said, well, I'm suspicious, and they could have reported it. Of course, of course, yeah. Michael, that's great information. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. Even from a financial institution or someone that sold her a car or whatever, they could could have raised the red flag and go, what's going on with this woman from San Antonio making $100,000 a year? We will work in more of your comments coming up just ahead. 512-836-0590. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. On your radio or streaming on your digital device, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed.
One of the stories we're discussing is concerning a woman who swindled $108 million out of U.S. taxpayers. She worked at the U.S. Army at Fort Sam Houston facility in San Antonio as a financial program manager in the Child Health and Youth Lifelong Development Program. Uh, reports indicate that she had absolute, total, exclusive control over the whole process. Nonprofits would apply to get money to help children of U.S. military personnel. She would review the applications, and she was the one who decided where the money would go, and she was in control of sending out the money. And she created fictitious accounts in her own name, nonprofit groups, and was sending money to her fictitious groups. I wonder if there were any legit nonprofit organizations that applied for this and right. what? Did they follow up? Did she send them a sorry you don't qualify email? How, how did that part of it work? Mm-hmm. That has not been addressed in the stories I've read about this. One would think there were a number of them applying for money. I would think so, unless that was part of the scheme is we're not going to ever broadcast that we're doing this and I'll just make up a bunch of nonprofits. Bill is in Cedar Park with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Bill, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. Hey, I don't know what the big deal is about this lady stealing hundreds of millions of dollars. Our federal government steals that amount from us taxpayers every day. (laughs) It does. You know, we pay so much in taxes. Just, just, this makes me mad to read about this woman, though. The she was just brazen, and she got rid of she she got away with it for years. But seriously, she's stealing from our veterans and families. She should go to jail for the rest of her life. Yeah, I yes. think I think we all agree with you there, uh, Bill. This is the most egregious example I've seen in a story like this. Uh, Bill, thank you. Have a good weekend, sir. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. She bought at least 31 homes and 70 vehicles. And she wasn't buying inexpensive cars either. She was going all out. She's like the Longhorn football team. They're buying Maseratis and all the the good stuff. (laughs) Yes. But it's just nobody noticed. What the heck? Nobody. Family, friends, casual friends, co-workers, her, her supervisors. Good gosh. The Texas scorecard says it has happened again. Another monster in one of our Texas public school systems. This guy was teaching in middle school, and he's been sentenced to 131 years in prison. He was found guilty on 20 counts of possessing and promoting child pornography, including child sexual abuse showing victims as young as infants. Mm -hmm. And this monster was working in middle schools here in Texas. That is just so revolting. Uh, And also that had arrested twice for charges of this. That means after the first time they, they, while he was waiting, they let him wait on the streets and continue to collect and gather this information, look at it and, and distribute it around 131 years in prison Go ahead and call me tough. That that doesn't work for me. Yeah. This is an automatic. You're on the you're on death row. I, we should have zero tolerance for this. And the fact that not only did he do this, he was in the schools. Yeah. Who, was he preying on those kids? Were any of the photographs that they collected of students of his? 
Yeah, we just don't know as yet. He was, uh, he is 27 years old. He was working in the San Antonio area at Woodlake Hills Middle School. That's in the Judson School yeah. District. Right down the road from where we are. And this guy, Mal, I don't I, <clears throat> Prison is not, well, maybe life in prison the rest of his life. No. And they don't treat these type of people kindly in prison. So maybe that's the best situation for him. Mm. It just, I, I just don't think he should be breathing anymore. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this guy's 27 years old, and as Melinda noted, uh, he was out on bond on the first round of charges, and then uh, an independent journalist who sets up sting operations on these kind of guys, Alex Rosen, caught him again mm. and uh, turned him in to the authorities, and he got arrested again and uh, faced more charges. Very same charges. So he had already been caught, was charged, was out on bond, and he was doing it again. Despicable and out on bond. Why was he out on bond if he's that much of an animal? And these stories, uh, the TexasScorecard.com. Check that website out, TexasScorecard.com reports on these kinds of stories, and I don't see very many other Texas media reporting on these stories. Unfortunately, there seems to be one every day now about these kind of monsters, these predators in our public schools, Melinda. Yeah, they're they're preying on the young children. I, I've, I've said it before, our children are under attack mm-hmm. um, on so many levels, whether it's social media, whether it is disgusting, Disgusting monsters like this. They're under attack, and we have got to stand up for them. I don't know what it takes. I don't know how you go about vetting these individuals that you're hiring as teachers to know if they're these type of individuals or not, but we've got to do a better job. Yeah, uh, to categorize these stories... One group is in this child porn category. The other is the ones who are having sex with the students, mm-hmm. mm. raping, sexual assault, that sort of thing. And it's virtually every day now there's a story like this there coming is. out of, of Texas. 512-836-0590. Also, we want to bring you up to date. They have wrapped up the final arguments in that case in Atlanta for the Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis. And the, the argument is, should she be removed from prosecuting the case of former President Donald Trump? Melinda, the judge has wrapped it up. Has the judge provided a timetable for making a decision? Yeah, he said he will decide within the next two weeks. So he, he's in a rush. Two that, weeks. That, that to me says he is going to weigh all the evidence, weigh all yeah. the evidence and hopefully come up with the correct decision. The Wall Street Journal says some legal experts say they think that the judge will rule that she can remain on the case. Mm. There are others who have a different opinion. Under Georgia law, if she is disqualified, that would mean everyone who works in her Fulton County DA office would be blocked from any type of work on the Trump case. Then a Georgia state agency would decide whether to assign the matter to another district attorney in the state. And if that happens, then that new DA 
would have a lot of authority over whether to go forward on the case. If they decide to keep moving forward on the case, they then have to get fully up to speed on it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the judge will decide in here if they if he does decide to keep her on the case. I can't imagine it's in her best interest to stay on it. I, I, I would hope that if he says, okay, I'm not disqualifying, she would say, you know what? I'm going to step down. It is special. Everybody yeah. in my office is up to speed. I will select someone from there to to move forward with it. I just think she lost a lot of credibility. Uh, for me, the most was when she was testifying uh, that she lost a lot of credibility. But I just don't know. It, the dr- the people in Georgia that would potentially be on the jury, they've seen all how all of this have played out. They may they have thought, yeah, how, this, yeah. yeah, what kind of thoughts would they have if they see it is her up there prosecuting this case? Trump deserves this today, his day in court. So does Rudy Giuliani and the others. 512-836-0590. We go to Tony in East Austin. Good afternoon, Tony. Welcome. Hey, thank you for taking my car. I just wanted to agree with Melinda. I really do believe that guy should be get the death penalty. I think people like that cannot ever be rehabilitated. But the problem I do see with those who on death penalty, when the evidence is overwhelming, I think their appeal should be done and over within five years with the execution, rather than keeping them on death row for 20 and 30 years, when a lot of times the victims never, family never get justice. So when you have evidence overwhelming, uh, put them above the stack and have their appeal over with, with five years with the execution. I agree and with I you, Tony. We'll get a chance to get justice. Thank yeah. y'all for taking my call. Happy Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Happy hey, Friday, Tony. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, people that are placed on death row are there for 20, 30 years, essentially getting life in prison instead of the death penalty. We we need to speed that up. Well, we had a guy this week who was on it for 20-plus years who went to the went to the chamber saying he was innocent, and even people, the foreman of the jury, said he didn't get a good trial. It was Matt. It's a mess down there. One other note on the Fonnie Willis hearing in Atlanta. Remember, three Trump lawyers have already pleaded guilty in this case, including Sidney Powell. They've already pleaded guilty. And legal experts say uh, whatever the judge decides, even if he leaves her in charge of this case, there's no way she's going to get anybody else to plead guilty at this point with all the questions hanging over her. Yeah. No, and does it do anything to those that have already pleaded guilty or they they, they pleaded and so that's all wrapped up? Could they come back and say, oh, we were railroaded into this or I, I don't know what, but are they wrapped up, wrapped up? They, they have no more recourse no matter what's decided on this? I would imagine they can come back and file a motion to reopen it, even though they pleaded guilty. They could say, Your Honor, given what we now know, we want to revisit what happened in our case. And they would have a pretty strong argument. Yeah, I was curious about that. All right. uh, We've got news coming up next at the top of the hour from Fox. And Rachel, with your local news update, Melinda and I are right here with you, 4 to 6, live and local. You can catch Ed with Jeff Ward for Sports Talk next, 4 to 6, 102.7 ESPN. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. Spinal stimulation is an implantable device consisting of two tiny wires connected to a battery that are placed alongside the spine. These wires emit a tiny electronic signal that blocks the pain signal that travels on nerves. Advanced Pain Care, 512-244-4272 or online, austinpaindoctor.com.